You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. I want to welcome you to today's podcast. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Jacob wrestling and what does it mean for him? What does it mean for us? We're just going to go through a quick Bible study. And uh, by the way, my name is Brian Overturf, also known as Al Pastor. And so uh, thank you for tuning in today, wherever you're tuning in from, whether it is uh, via YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, whatever your preferred platform, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, you can watch the video via right here on YouTube uh, or also on Spotify. They have the video option as well. And if you're not a video person and you're just listening to this on the go, well then, hey, the audio podcast is for you. Um, what I do is pastor a wonderful church in Arvin, California, and help lead and guide people through God's Word and hopefully a closer relationship, ultimately, to uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you are not reading in community, like if you don't have a Bible plan and if you're just kind of willy-nilly about it, you just open up and you read a little here and maybe read a little there, I'd like to invite you um, to read along uh, on, a, on a Bible plan that we are doing, embarking on, on the first five books of the Bible. And uh, right down in the description of this podcast or this video, you'll see a link to my website, which is brianoverturf.com, by the way. And there is a downloadable uh, reading plan. I actually give you two options. You can download a PDF or even a calendar file. And that way you'll just have a reminder right there on your phone via your preferred calendar app. And you can read along and tune into the podcast. And uh, if that's something that uh, is, an, is needed in your life, and by the way, I think it's needed for just about everybody, we need to be in God's Word, then I'd like to invite you to uh, join us. Also, whatever, wherever you're listening from, I'd like to ask you to uh, please like this, subscribe, uh, comment if you're on YouTube, especially give this a thumbs up. That really seems to help from what I'm told and the way that I watch videos helps the algorithm. So again, we're going to be covering Genesis chapter 32, and we're just going to go through, uh, it's only 10 verses, but these are some tremendous verses uh, in the Bible about Jacob wrestling. And I have preached on this before, but I've got to tell you, I'm, I'm seeing some things that I have never seen before, and so I'll share just a little bit about you, a uh, little bit about what I found um, in there, and I'm also looking forward to even more that I can find out. And that's one of the things that I like about God's Word is that it is, um, it it is always new every single time you go through reading, and so I thank the Lord for that. So let's get right into it. We're going to start in Genesis 32, and we are going to start in verse 22. So let's let's read just a little bit. The Bible says, "In heroes." By the way, that's Jacob, right? He arose that night. He took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons. And he crossed over the ford of Jabbok. And he took them, and he sent them over the brook, and he sent them, uh, sent over what he had. And then Jacob was left alone. 
a man and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What's your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he says, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that sh- that shrink, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that shrank. Wow. Okay, so incredible, incredible. We have to just have a little bit of a word of caution because there are a lot of different, uh, how should we say this, interpretive difficulties is probably the right way. There are a variety of different interpretations on this. Um, I'll kind of touch on a few of those, but what I really want to focus on is what's going on with Jacob, what's going on in his heart. And that's part of the perspective. I just want to give you a tip. Most of the time when we're in God's Word, we're looking for what's in it for us, right? And that's okay. You you do want to be able to get what God has for you out of the Word. But before you can do that, you actually need to go and, and find out what's going on with them. So at this point in Jacob's life, the entirety of his life is actually summarized in this particular portion of text. It's Jacob wrestling. And this is this is characteristic of his life. He's a wrestler. He's fighting. He's 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 very strong willed. And and uh, so this is a just a summary. He's coming to the end of himself, right? Uh, but there are some there are some things that I think that are really, really important in this text. The first one is this. This is just this is just me and the way I do things. The first thing I think we we learn from Jacob is 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 you can't get there from here. You can't get there from here. Now let me explain what that means. Jacob has crossed over. Now he's in the land, he's out of the land. I mean, he's right on the border of the land, but the idea is much more than just geography, okay? What we're talking about is the inheritance, the blessing, right? Both physical and spiritual that God has intended for his life. This is the promised land. And what God is ultimately going to do is bring about the blessing upon the nations of the earth. And he's narrowly focused right now on one man and one family that he's going to turn into a nation. Now, the promised land is also not not symbolic in the sense that you can just take whatever you want and make it mean whatever you want. The, the promised land is collectively the plan and the purpose of God. Now, before Jacob can enter into the land, he can't enter in in this sense in his fleshly nature. He needs to be able to enter in by the Spirit. 
And let me just bring to your remembrance a couple of stories. Why couldn't the nation of Israel enter into the land? Because of unbelief, which is the opposite of faith, right? They, they doubted. I just, just think about this. The, the spies went out, the 10 spies, and uh, they brought back a negative report, and then everybody just began to wallow in unbelief. They didn't have faith. There were only two men that had faith. It was Joshua and it was Caleb. So entering into the land, again, is more than just geography. It's a matter of faith. It's the matter of the heart. We see that Israel ends up later down the line being expelled from the land. That's known as the Babylonian captivity, right? Now, why were they taken out? They were taken out as a result of unbelief, as a result of, of their lack of faithfulness to God. There are a whole lot of other things we can get into, but, but big picture type items, this was the reason that they were expelled out of the land. They had to wait 70 years before they could come back in. Unbelief. When was Israel scattered again, even though they never technically came out of captivity, even during the time of Jesus. I know that might sound strange to some of you, but they they never really did come out of captivity. They were living in their own land, but they were not sovereign in that sense. But then they were spread out right around AD 70, all as a result of flesh and unbelief. So when I say that you can't get there from here, that's what I believe God is saying to Jacob in, in a particular way. Jacob, this is where you belong. This is your home. This is your inheritance. But you're not going to get there. You're not going to dwell there. You're not going to settle there in your own strength and in your own power and in your own way. The only way you're going to get there, the only way you're going to cross that Jordan and settle is by and through the Spirit of God and a dependence upon him. Super, super interesting. Now, in our text, it says there, there's a And I never saw this before. There, there's so many things in here that can be discussed. And by the way, you know, because I'm doing this, I also, we have Bible study in, at, at my church. We do this on Wednesdays, and it's an opportunity to um, for us to come together, to be able to look just a little bit more deeper, ask questions, um, share different insights, things like that. And so I'm definitely probably going to talk about some of this. But notice the three words. I have them highlighted in blue. It's, it's the, the name of the river, which is Jabbok, uh, the wrestling, and then we have Jacob. These are all very similar words in Hebrew, and I never saw this before. And there are several different um, men that have written on this through various different commentaries, and they highlight this. And in Hebrew, it's a play on words, so they all sound the same. But when you translate it, it doesn't. I know Jacob and Jabbok could a little bit, but in Hebrew, they're all the same, which is really, really fascinating. But what's the point? The point of them sounding uh, all similar is to let you know there's something significant about the area, about the land, about his action, and about his name. And that, that, that's, that's the point of this. So again, he, he, Jacob, you cannot get to where you need to go 
from here in this way. And I think that's what God's saying to us. You know, God, God has some things for us. And I don't know what it is exactly that he has for you for your personal life. But now when I talk about the blessing, when I talk about the purpose, I can tell you this with absolute confidence. There is a promised land that's awaiting for you. You've already entered it by faith through grace in Jesus Christ, right? But one day we are going to cross over into that promised land, into that rest. So we enter it now. One day we will enter into it. And you can't get there just like you can't enter the kingdom of God. See, the land is a representation of the kingdom of God as well. Not symbolically, not interpretively. The land is is the kingdom of God, just like, for instance, the Garden of Eden right from the beginning was a picture of the kingdom of God where heaven and earth overlapped. You don't enter into the kingdom of God in your flesh. Isn't that what Jesus said in John chapter 3? Don't want to misquote here. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. The flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. And so in a sense, we see this is Jacob having an experience. Am I saying he's born again? No, I'm not saying that. But it is a, it is a type and a shadow of being transformed, of being born again, of receiving a new name. So Jacob, you can't get there from here, and neither can we. The next thing that I see in this is fighting with God is dirty and it's dangerous. A really interesting word, which is found in verse number 24, it says a man wrestled. I wasn't even aware of this until I, you know, did a little bit deeper study. This is a very unique word in the Old Testament. It's a combination of, of literally wrestling, but also a play, another play on words between two roots, which means dusty. In other words, it gives the mental picture that they're they're rolling around in the dust, right? And uh, here's the thing. When we are struggling in, in our own flesh, in our own works, trying to do things our way, ultimately, okay, I just want to be gentle with this. Ultimately, this is us fighting with God because that's not God's plan for us. God's plan for us is that he would be our God, that he would lead us, that he would guide us, that he would direct us, that he would be our provider, right? And so when we begin to take things on ourselves, that's really dirty, and it can be dangerous, right? And it's dangerous in the sense of God wrestling with him. Now, I know I haven't addressed it because the Bible says that, it, that it's a, a man, right? And it says a man wrestled with him. And, and I may do a separate video on this. I'm not sure. But there are a lot of different, uh, you know, interpretive details. Is this, is this man, is it God? Yeah, I would say so. Is it Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I would I would say so. Because when you get into Hosea, I think it's Hosea chapter 10, possibly. Don't quote me on that. I think it's Hosea 10. He interprets it, and he, see, he sees it as the angel of the Lord. And so what we have here is, is a picture of, of what can be identified as a theophany. It's an appearance of God, right, in in in. Uh, in flesh, he can be a theophany, can also be other things, not just flesh. But 
that's what we have here because Jacob identifies this as, hey, I saw God face to face. Isn't that what he says right here in verse 30? Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God. So Jacob identifies this man as God. Very, very interesting. But again, fighting with God is dirty and dangerous. And this is what Jacob's doing. Now, although it says that it's a man, there isn't an indication yet at this point that Jacob is aware initially, right, that this is God. He doesn't find out until later. But then it begs the question, especially in verse number 26, why would he just be asking somebody to bless him? And I think that there's a really good rational explanation for this. I think that he recognizes that this man is divine in nature somehow, some way. And perhaps he started thinking about the stories of his great-grandfather, Abraham, right? I mean, you remember when three men came to approach Abraham? Two of them left. They went to Sodom. So he has his, his, uh, you know, his, his relative Lot that was rescued by, quote-unquote, man. Uh, a man that spoke to Abraham and blessed him. Now, at that point, I don't, don't know if Abraham identified the man as God or as Jesus. I mean, we're obviously reading back into that, and that's the light in which we see it. But my assessment of this is that Jacob certainly identifies this man as divine. And so he asked for a blessing, just as his grandfather received a blessing. And so we also see that somehow Jacob gets injured. This is the dangerous part. So we have, we've got, it's a, it's a little dirty when you fight with God. And it can be dangerous too. Now, I'm not quite comfortable yet giving just a um, interpretive, but, but here's my caveat with this. Don't take my word for it. Study it out for yourself. Because sometimes people can have a hard time with this. Because it says in verse uh, 25 um, that he, meaning the man, and notice the, the, the way the Bible does it, it capitalizes the H, right? Uh, touch the socket of his hip. What's interesting is that word for so, um, touched, it can be interpreted one of two ways. It can be interpreted as just like just a touch or as a violent strike or a blow. So why in the world would God bring physical harm on Jacob? And I don't quite have an answer for that. You know, I kind of see it. I kind of see it as, as, you know, God punches him, <laughs> and and that's my term, affectionately, right? God punches him. Um, but either way, it could be a matter of just a slight little touch. Jacob's hit, hips out of joint, and there's also a lot of interpretive questions as well, as far as like, well, how could Jacob prevail? And this is just me, okay? The way that I see it is, is I have a son. His name's Noah, and he's 12 years old. Now, when he was younger, he loved to arm wrestle me. So we'd get up there, right? And I'd say, all right, Noah, come on. And we would arm wrestle. And I'd have to, uh, you know, uh, and, and then I would go down like this just a little bit, and he'd get all excited. And then I'd come back up to the top. <laughs> I think you get the picture. This is what I'm seeing with this whole wrestling match. Jacob's not giving up. Like he, he just, just like Noah, when we would do it, 
I mean, no, don't tell him. I don't even know if he's going to listen to this. But he didn't really win. I let him win, right? <laughs> and this, in my opinion, is God. Like, God is is just sitting there, and he's shake, kind of shaking his head like, are you done yet? All right, Jacob. Here, I'll let you win. Here he is. All right, Jacob, are you done yet? And then after a while, it's like, okay, what time is it? Well, the sun's coming up. I think we need to end this. And so God can either, I don't know if he struck him violently. By the way, you can go search out, if you know, depending on how you study. I know some, some people maybe tune in and it's like, well, I don't know how to study. That's all right. Maybe I'll do some videos to help you with that. But if you run a, a, a reference with this particular word, he touched. Um, one in particular is like in Isaiah chapter 6 when Isaiah has a is in the throne room and there's an angel of God that touches the coal to his lips. Did an angel come and just slap him in the face with some coals? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they came and just purified his lips. That's what that picture is in Isaiah. So, again, I'm not sure. I'm still studying this out, and I haven't quite parsed it in my head. But either way, Jacob Jacob is going to have a physical reminder that his strength, true strength, is going to be found in weakness. And we see throughout Jacob's life that he displays some great strength. He's not a weakling man. I mean, just in a chapter or two before, he goes and, and performs a great of strength that often gets overlooked. I mean, he moves this boulder right off of the well. This is a boulder that normally would take several men, a community effort to move this rock off of this well. And he does so by himself, which is an indication of Jacob's strength, symbolic as well as the strength of his will. Have you ever met anybody that's just real, real strong-willed? That's Jacob. That's Jacob. And so he's gonna he's gonna walk away with a with a limp. Here's the next one. Not only is fighting with God dirty and dangerous, but I also must be open and honest with God. That's what Jacob had to do. Jacob had to be open and honest with God. Now in verse number 27, it's a really a unique question because he said to him, What is your name? right? And then he said, Jacob. This is highly, highly significant because names really embody the characteristics of a person. And why is Jacob named Jacob? Because he came out of the womb grabbing the heel of his brother. He is the heel grabber. He is the deceiver. He is the supplanter. So what is the significance of asking the name? Who are you? right? Who are you really? And until we can get open and honest with God, and I know that sounds strange because one side of us, we, we know, I would say intuitively, or at least theologically in our head, we, we say, well, God knows everything. Then why do we hide things from him? Well, how do I hide? Well, we hide when we don't open up certain areas of our life or give it fully surrendered over to him. That's, that's one of the ways that we hide. But this is our fleshly nature, just like Adam and Eve. If you remember prior to sin, they were what? 
They didn't wear clothes, right? I'm not being funny or cute about this. They were naked, and the Bible says that they were unashamed. This is a depiction of being just open, fully transparent. The psalmist says, search me, O God, and know me. He's the God that sees. He can see you. Elroy, Jesus, when he saw Nathaniel, he said, I saw you under the fig tree. Not like I just, hey, I saw you across the street the other day. No, Jesus saw him into him. Now, of course he can do that, but it's the degree to which we allow the penetrating gaze of our Savior to penetrate our heart. So we have to be open. And so here's Jacob. He is admitting who he is. I'm Jacob. I am the heel grabber, the supplanter, the deceiver. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that, I mean, it's just beautiful, beautiful to me. Here's the last thing, and I'll try to wrap it up. Brokenness ultimately is what brings the blessing. Brokenness is what brings the blessing. And ultimately, Jesus is the one that becomes the sacrifice for us. He's the one that is broken, his body broken for us. But just as the potter in the clay works it, Jacob is going to discover that being broken is a good thing. And so, to this day, verse 32 not only was there a reminder for Jacob for the rest of his life because he walked with a limp, there's a, there's a beautiful picture at the end of Genesis, and I don't know where it is. I, I want to say it's around 50. When Jacob goes before he dies to bless his children, it shows him leaning over the top of his staff. And I can see him leaning on that, and he probably got up and remembered that his hip hurt just a little bit because he was never the same. He's never the same internally, but he's also never the same physically. And so I think that Jacob remembered that his brokenness brought his blessing ultimately. And what is that? It's a dependence on God. It's faith in Jesus. He's our, he's our anchor. He's our hope. He is our rock. And so in this, there are so, so, so many things. God transforms him. God brings him into the land. It's just beautiful. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to be perfect. Okay, we have to be careful with that. There is a transformation. He's no longer Jacob. Now he is Israel, a prince with God. There's, there's, there's a lot there. And so we've got to, we've got to tread carefully especially as we go for the rest of Jacob, rest of Israel's story from this point forward. But, um, you know, hey, we'll wrap it up with that. Um, you know, there, there's so, so much. I, I feel almost inadequate to even speak on this at this point. Um, but, but if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if there's anything that I can pray with you about, and I mean that, reach out to me. You can go to my website. If, you're, if you don't know me, you can send me a message. Um, for those that do know me, you can send me a text. I'd love to pray for you. I was praying this morning for uh, uh, just for a precious person that reached out to me as a result of the YouTube video yesterday. And um, 
I'll just say her name, Helen. Thank you for reaching out. I'm praying for you, praying for your situation. Um, but if there's anything that I can do for you, if I can pray for you or help you understand something, just let me know. Thanks again for tuning in. Please hit that thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturk. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.